0: Lord, it's uh, good that we can gather as a group here in Mountain View Church and uh, just look to your word to be taught by you and have our lives impacted by your word. God, may you just continue to open up our ears of understanding that we wouldn't just hear this knowledge tonight, but it would uh, drop into our hearts where we would live it out and be forever changed going forward, even from tonight, Lord, a lot of these truths Perhaps all of us have heard it many times before, but God, your word has no depths for which we can plumb it. We can, we can continue to plumb the depths of your word and learn something new every time. So God, we thank you for the beautifulness of your word, the richness of it, and that you are the living word. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so a bit of a review. What did we do last week? there you go <laughs> the flood <laughs> exactly as per the typo
1: Intentional.
0: intent yeah exactly right <laughs> whatever <laughs> just a mistake
2: is the, flood one? One is this
0: year? the flood was last week so that's a catastrophe eight we'll just do a quick review of of uh, the flood first okay, okay. um and then move forward. Which number was that one? Eight. Oh, eight. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I actually want to do... I was kind of debating using this chart here with you guys tonight and and maybe... Yeah. <laughs> I did, I did the, I've done this thing before where I actually like cut those all out and then got people to like carried up to like each picture, like pick whatever ones they wanted that they sort of stood out to them of, of each image, and then carry it up and kind of talk about why is God the creator or where do we see that in the, in the events, or why is God the, seen as a provider, ultimate provider? Um, but maybe we can just like take a look at these. Can you see, Andrew? Take a look at these and um, and think about the flood, what what we learned of the flood, um, what the the hook was, which should be here actually, God rescues and God judges, Um, and does somebody want to sort of talk out the review uh, of last week, looking again, showing us the attributes of God and aspects of people.
1: <laughs> trying to tag as many of those to it as possible or...
0: Yeah, just the ones that are the ones that pertain, obviously. <laughs> it's not like a game show where you gotta like if you get all of them you get like ding ding ding, no. ding twenty more points. I'm
1: so I'm to how yeah. People. Um well yes
0: yeah, so we did
1: the flood last part of who he is. He does create. Um, and we saw that um, as the flood started to happen. God is all powerful. We saw with um, when Noah and his family were on the boat and all the animals were on the boat, it says that God was the one who shut the door. Yep. And just mm-hmm. that idea of he is the one who's sustaining Noah and the family throughout that. He's the one that has secured them within the boat and so that they knew that they were safe. Um God is owner over his creation because he's the one who said, look, I want to destroy the entire earth, everything that moves along the ground, all of humankind and all the animals, and um, except for the one that he found uh, was faithful, Noah. Um, and you go, and God provided through that as well. Um, he made sure that uh, Noah had everything he needed along with him inside the boat, uh, with two of every kind of animal and then seven of pairs of every clean animal both for eating and for um, sacrifices later on and I guess the, the God must justly punish sin is a very clear establishment of God ju- judging the world and um, he, he did punish
0: in yeah that. would you say that, that God's holiness <laughs> oh sorry you said that there yeah I'm also going to include the, the holiness with that comment yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um Throughout sure, the whole thing, it was a relationship with Noah because he was in communication with Noah and said uh, to him, I'm going to get to save you and your family, and I'm going to get you to build a boat. This is what I want you to build. And it was, it was a communication. It wasn't just a, you going to flood the lights, or flood the uh, Good luck. Yeah. Just giving warning, do something about it. And he was, we was with Noah throughout the whole thing. And in a way, that was both gracious and merciful of God towards Noah, his family, and all of you time because it gave us the ability to continue on as a race. Um, which is, I guess, the loving fit in there as well. Um, yeah, and so that was, I guess you could get Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: he, totally. totally. Keep keep going, <laughs> Becky, how take over.
1: They, how, how did he know they were, every thought of their
3: heart was evil? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for that he's all the way. Right, yeah. Yeah. All too much ruler. He's the one who, who determines what's going to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah and purposeful.
3: He decided he was going to destroy them and he did. (laughs) And then he also said he would never do
1: that again. I mean, there's a lot of purpose in that. Well, purposeful, Katie, also just said the idea of there's a lot of instruction in the boat, how big to build it, where to put the door, how far the roof had to be off the, and so it was quite purposeful in the style of a boat that he was
0: supposed to build. Totally, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm just looking here. I'm like, oh, you kind of like do one of these games. You could like, you know, God desires relationship with people. Humans are made for a relationship with with God. Um, you talked of Him, you know, making the decision for them because we're made by God. He's the ultimate owner ruler. <clears throat> um, yeah, the all-knowing and seeing their wickedness. It's like those people were still continuing to choose pride, rebellion, and greed. Um, and it was also showing a brokenness in their relationship yet with. Exactly, yeah, because um, Noah, could have said no. Noah was a righteous, a preacher of righteousness. Um, <coughs> Noah could have said no. People could have said yes, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, they, 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 in their autopilot default sin nature of pride, they ha- they're bent towards rejection. They're born rejecting God. They have a propensity. They like the darkness. They like to choose rebellion um, yeah, and but yet here we, we had Noah clearly displaying humility faith repentance because he was walking in a restored relationship with God and we talked about this this twofold um, deliver Noah was hoping in, a, in God's promise of a deliver as well as there was a physical deliverance from this worldwide flood awesome cool guys
3: mm-hmm. so is
1: there only one that you- creator?
0: Was that drawn out in the story? Do you guys see that somehow? I'm not saying it's not, but
3: but yeah, Yeah.
0: there you go. (laughs) Yeah, so at the end of the story, yeah. Yeah, cool. I like that. Maybe we should like do that more often. Have this chart up here with like the review of the last picture. I kind of like Liked how that just happened. Good job, Kevin. Yeah, so God provided the way. He dealt with sin, um, and, and He's trustworthy in, in that purposefulness. Um, and you guys, and Kevin, you drew out all the others there too. So nicely done. <clears throat> um, all right, put this aside. Where are we at? So yeah, for tonight's lesson are in the established 101, we're not going to dive into Genesis 10, which is like the table of the nations. Um, kind of, it's not necessary for where we're laying the foundations right now. So forgive me as as we skip over that part, talking about Ham, Sham, and Japheth's, uh, you know, lineage or descendants there. But actually, as I mentioned their names, one thing I, something else I wanted to ask you guys, we didn't put up their sindet ropes last week, just I didn't get, didn't get around to it. But I've been, you know, I was kind of like thinking in my head, I'm like, how do we know like that some of these people um, put their faith and trust in the coming deliver? Well, we looked at Adam and Eve and we had some like reasonable assurance that they did. But when we get to Shem, Ham, and Japheth, before we kind of leave those guys in a sense behind, I wanted to get your guys' take on it. Would you put the, the, the covering of sin over or? Would you cover over their sin as per what we know of them at this point in the story? And why or why not? And I'm not going to... And I, I, I don't think we can argue it definitively one way or the other, but just I want to hear your, your thought process. So I, I do have three, but they don't need to get used necessarily. I don't want to spend tons of time here, but just kind of quickly, um, what do you guys... What have you seen so far of... of of these folks behind them, and what we know to be true of God up in this po- up to this point in the Old Testament um, and where do they land? I mean we know very, very little about them. My That's yeah mentioned yeah. And so uh, I, I so either way.
1: They might have been righteous as well, which is why they're not on the boat. Or it was just graciousness towards well, Noah. Cursed Christ, Christ
3: be Canaan, which is it says Ham the father of Canaan. And then cursed be Canaan, the servant of servants, shall be his brothers. But it was because Noah was drunk yeah. and sleeping. And Ham went in, and I don't know what he did, but something, and saw his father's nakedness. And the two went out and told the brothers. And they backed in to cover him so they wouldn't see his nakedness. So they acted more righteously. I mean, what seems to be Honorably. more righteously.
0: Honorably, yeah.
3: Um, and then after that is when Canaan was cursed. to his Ham's? That was Ham's, right? Ham's the, Ham's the father of Canaan. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: don't know. I don't know. I always I always wonder about yeah. I'm like, yeah, it seems but, like Ham something like Ham did something yeah. wrong. and the brothers did something right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: And the lineage that we we learn from, especially from Shem's lineage, goes right down.
0: Right. Christ. Yeah. 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 Shem is in the line of the deliverer. Yeah. And
3: it says, Blessed be the Lord the God of Shem. Yeah. And then let Canaan be Shem's slave. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it,
4: we got a large J. Yeah, and then something good about J. So. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. It, <coughs> could we do two Yeah,
0: yeah, yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, Where'd I put those straws? It's not definitive, <laughs> and this this does not change their eternal destiny, like <laughs> what I'm doing here tonight, <laughs> one way or the other. Um But yeah, I mean, it 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 can be. It can be a bit confusing because they all got on the boat, so then that can kind of lead your thinking in one direction of like, well, did they trust the message? Were they doing what their dad told them? Because they were also mature because they had wives, so there's that thought too, right? Like in a sense, they left their father's home or his uh, whatever. You know what? I learned a trick the other day. You go like this. <laughs> Aha! Da da da! <laughs> Works much easier. <laughs> Look at that, how fast was that, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um all right, so we're saying Sham and we're saying Japheth, eh? Well, like it. Until we know something else. until it's revealed. Okay, yeah, I'm good with that. <coughs> we're not leaving a out, but we need to well, it's it's odd that it doesn't actually say anything about him specifically, it's also
1: his son. Well,
3: but in verse 22, it does say,
1: and Ham, the father of Canaan. Yeah, it says Ham, the father of Canaan, but then when it, when it comes to uh, Noah speaking, he just references Canaan. doesn't say anything directly to Canaan. I know it's weird. I wasn't like, conscious of the culture that they had come into the world before they were children.
0: He's the one who did the wrong but thing. It's, it's no, and it's the one that says it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The one. Yeah. I'm still But is, it, this is a good exercise, <laughs> like, what, what, to, to reveal a person's understanding of what, what does the job, in a sense, or what, what uh, covers their sin, or what makes them righteous or acceptable. So I'm going to also put it here. Here we go. So I've also put a covering over. So is there... Oh, look at that. Is there... A timbit over
4: there?
0: Yeah. Is there? Is there sin gone? Is it dealt with? No. Not that we know of. At this point? No. No. No, it's just covered, right? There's. We talked of this word last week, forbearance. Sorry, microphone. I'm eating a timbit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so thanks for talking about that with me. I just was excited to hear you guys' thoughts about those three characters who existed in history. Curious on your opinion, which ones would you have covered? I wasn't sure about Japheth, but Shem and probably not Ham. That's kind of where I was at. But it's also one of those my personality is like, who cares? God already knows. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly it. If, yeah.
3: If it doesn't say explicitly in the word, then we're just guessing.
0: Yeah. and like really, with a lot of like Adam and Eve were also yeah. guessing a bit. Yeah there was, seemed to be that they were banking on the promise by Adam naming Eve after the curse, the mother of all living, so there seemed to be he was banking on the deliverer, the promise. Um, yeah. Abel, it's, it's apparent. Seth, the one when they when they began to call on the name of the Lord again, there's good evidence. Noah, it's mentioned. Enoch, it's mentioned. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it's just it's a good thought exercise, like just to yeah jog the mind.
2: Something that I do sometimes is just check Hebrews eleven.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It has Noah
2: there, but it doesn't have any of his three sons. Now, I'm not saying that it's exhaustive because it's
0: not. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, if you want some guarantees, it'd be Hebrews eleven for the yeah.
2: I think that right, Hebrews eleven, it's a good one.
0: It is a good yeah, it's a very good one.
2: Faith. The faith chapter.
0: That's eh? right. So as we as we launch from stepping over Genesis ten there, and there's the descendants of these uh, brothers, um, God gave them a very specific command. You guys just know quickly off the top of your head what it was. That's right, yeah. Exactly, yeah. In, uh, in Genesis 9-1, you can go there in your Bibles with me. I know we're jumping kind of back in terms of where we were a bit uh, before, but that's where it says just what uh, Tony touched on. Genesis 9-1, God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. This was the same command or quite similar to what God told Adam and Eve. Be fruitful and multiply. That was what was given to Adam and Eve in the beginning. So let's continue in God's Word to see how well they responded and and sort of the play out of all that. And what we'll see tonight with the hook that we have is God's sovereignty and people's sinfulness. Um. (laughs) What What is it to be sovereign? What is it for God to be sovereign? What is that word? It's kind of like an old-fashioned word we hear or we might use it a lot, we might know how to use it. But how would you That's a, that's kind of Christianese. I mean, either you're the, you're you're either royalty or you're a Christian if you're using the word sovereign. <laughs> so, guy on the street, you talk about your God being sovereign. What does that mean for him to be sovereign? Break it down. Down this level.
2: Undisputed,
0: all-knowing. Okay. Final say, high, highest ruler.
1: I guess the kind of thing where I meant like undisputed, like when he says go, there's, there's no contradicting. Yeah. He's
3: in
0: control. In control. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Andrew, did you have, looks like you were taking a breath well, there. Well, I just
4: think of two aspects to it. One is that he, everything that happens, he determines. And the other one is he gets to determine what people ought to do. So he he gets to determine law, but he also gets to determine
0: uh, circumstances. Cool. Well, thanks for that. That's good stuff. This is what what sort of we have thrown up here. God has total control of things past, present, and future. Nothing happens out of his knowledge and his control. Um, All things are either caused by him or allowed by him for his own purposes. Through his perfect will and timing, he is the only absolute, all-powerful ruler of the universe. So, yeah, he doesn't have to consult; he doesn't have a team of advisors. Um, this is this is what we mean going forward as we see, use the word sovereign. Um, yeah. So. There'll be a few other truths embedded. You guys can kind of draw them out as we go along. Um, Before, I'm getting ahead of myself here. So the story tonight uh, covered in Genesis chapter 11. Um, They were told in Genesis 9 to to multiply, fill the earth, spread about. Um, Here we have a picture of what they ended up doing instead. They had this idea to, to build a tower, to make a name for themselves. Uh, to live all together in, a, in more of the city-type idea. Um, so here they have these plans. Here they're building um, a tower out of bricks. Uh, you can see them fashioning the bricks here in this photo or picture. And then, yeah, obviously getting to be a huge, a huge structure, um, living in a city, everyone all together. Um, and we'll, we'll see sort of the heart of man in this time, and we'll also see God's... Uh, Sort of solution, if you want to say, through it all. But God's sovereignty through it all. Um, somebody want to read for me just that first nine verses of Genesis 11? Just to get the story from the word. Verses one through nine? Yes, please. Now the whole world had
1: one language and a common speech. As men moved from the east, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them through the thoroughly. They used bricks instead of stone and tar of mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens, so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the
0: whole earth. Nice. So that's that's the the pictures for that story, basically. Well, nearly. There's a one picture missing of the scattered aspect, but. Uh, yeah, we see kind of a couple main things taking, taking place here. We see something about a name for themselves and, and this resistance to spread out and, and obey what God had commanded. So this, you know, we pick up the story, I don't know, maybe about 100 years after the flood. Um, the population of the earth was growing again. So remember, every, everybody was destroyed except for Noah and his wife, his sons, and their wives. And um, we're at a point where you can, well, you can see, here, there's proof here how many people we're in. <laughs> We're in that time. Um, if you read Genesis 10, you'll see that there was more people. Um, let's look at, hone in on a couple of verses here in, in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 11. It says, now the whole world had one language and a common speech. So it's interesting that it kind of emphasized there. There's one language. Oh, but all, it's a common speech. It's like the same, I think maybe the ESV says it's like same words, maybe? Yeah, it's the same, language. same words. Yeah, so it's like one language and same words. Um, so it's interesting. There's an emphasis there. It's like we're not talking like one language many dialects Like that's kind of what I hear when I read that it's like it's like no like one one like yeah. one <laughs> You know as men moved eastward. They found a plain in Shinar and settled there or however you say that word is it Shinar? So yeah, so here we go a couple couple main points. Yeah one language the people migrated somewhat to Shinar and but settled there um we have I'll, I'll show you this little map here. Um there's good old Canada, but we're you know, I should move the X. Uh, you know, we're up here. Um modern day um Iraq, right there with the X. Um and we'll just zoom in a bit. Zooming in. Um this is kind of where it's That startle you There, close that door, make it a little quieter. This is where it's believed to be the area where, where this was taking place. Um, yeah, what, what then? Be- okay, okay, like mine says from the east, but yours said eastward, right? So then they're. That's still <laughs> the same thing, right? Eastward? Yeah, interesting. Because they're coming kind of from the east, they're going west, but
2: whatever. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. All right. I I've got a question for yeah. you. The Holy Spirit, like speaking in tongues, is that like the language like Babel or what? Or i do not understand what, what the Holy Spirit is, is it speaking in tongues or what? Or,
0: or Yeah, that's that's kind of a twofold answer. Which, um, but
2: someone says it's of the Tower of Babel. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know.
0: Well, yeah, you can. I mean, one, one, we're not at that part Holy of the story Spirit? Is it tonight, Holy Spirit, or is it Babel where it came from? We're not that part of the story tonight, but I think my understanding of tongues is there is sort of the two avenues of understanding, and one of them is is what we're going to go to tonight, that there was many languages, and the other one is disputed, so we're not going to go there tonight, but uh, you'll see tonight how there was many tongues that came about through this event. Um, There's no mention of the Holy Spirit in the sense of uh, upon people at this time so far, I don't believe so. Um, yeah, we're going to refrain from going down that path very far. Uh, but good question. Good question. Um, so this is the area in the world where this story takes place. It's roughly estimated. Um, descendants of Noah speaking the one language, one word. We're not talking different dialects. As I was saying, they traveled eastward and settled uh, in a plane of what then later became known as Babylon. Um, let's keep reading to see what happens. Uh, Verses, do I have it here as well? Make sure I got it right, though. Verses uh, 3 and 4 of chapter 11. Somebody want to read those loud and clear? Okay, so what what do the people want to do? What do we read there?
1: Part of the stand up to me is the idea that they like, for ourselves, and not be scattered on the face of the whole earth, and their entire point of it was specifically against exactly what God commanded them to do. Yeah. 180 degree turn.
0: Yeah, totally. <laughs> Build a tower, make a name, not be dispersed, stay together.
3: The focus would be to make a name for
0: ourselves and so build ourselves a city and make a name for ourselves. Like yeah. Self-focus. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's self-fo- yeah, exact. self-focused. It's like, it seems like it's like, let's take the glory here, right? Like, let's get ourselves on the map. Like, let's have the biggest, you know, whatever it is. Ziggurat. Ziggurat. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And there's lots there that I don't quite understand about ziggurats. But yeah, exactly. Make a name. Put ourselves on the map. Um, why do you think, like, within that, that they wanted to have this city? What, what do cities do for people, or don't do, or whatever?
2: Welcome people. Pardon? Welcome people. You find they do or don't welcome people? Sometimes they do or don't. Okay. Yeah. But it's
3: staying
0: together. Yeah, more of that staying together. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's like something that jumps out at me, actually, is security. Like, some people feel cities aren't safe, and they would argue that. They feel safer in the countryside. But, I mean, in this time, like, talk about Wild West. Like, these guys didn't know nothing about nothing in terms of what maybe could be out there. And uh, that's that's me speaking. That's not the Bible speaking. But I think there was, yeah, this sense of security. Stay together. We're smart. We share one language. We can do a lot. Um, so, yeah, they... they They desired to stay clustered in the city. They were relying on their own thinking, their own wisdom, which is being prideful, which again is their autopilot default. Um, They were going to provide for their own safety, their own security, not trusting that God would be the one to protect. If he commanded them to do something, they disobeyed it. They were also saying, we don't think that you would be faithful in protecting us and providing for us if you, if we submitted to what you asked us to do. Um, And two, just, you know, ruling, having final say in their life. God said to do one thing. Like you said, 180 degrees the opposite. No way. We're doing this. So they thought they could rule their own lives, which if you're ruling your own life against God's will, you're really being ruled by who? Satan. Satan. Yeah. Satan. Yeah. The evil one. There's no ride in the fence. One thing that stood out to me this time was let's make
3: bricks and use that instead of stone. You know when God talked about the altars, they were to take stones and put them together as altars. Mm-hmm. And
1: here they're making bricks.
0: Yeah, a lot could be looked into that. I mean, that that was a tech, like that was a modern technology. That was like the yeah. iPhone 10. <laughs> like you know, they've got like the latest, greatest piece of technology, and the brick was technology. Right. And, and this is the first account that we have like, of them mentioning the brick. Um, and yeah, it's fascinating the point you bring up of using stones for an altar later. Is that, is that, I mean, we could contrast those perhaps. Like, one is again man's thinking and reliance, and stone is like the raw, like what God has made from the beginning of time, you know. Is that inward thinking, the brick, and relying on God, the stone? Yeah. Speculative. It's interesting.
1: brick instead of stone.
0: Yeah, good point.
3: With a tower that reaches to the heavens too, which it seemed like they're supposed to fill the earth, but instead they're
0: yeah they're going vertical.
3: To up. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And what is that heavens? What are we talking about? Well, if it's the idea that God is in the heavens. Maybe it was something to do with like we want to rule the earth, like we yeah.
3: want to put ourselves
4: in that. place. Put themselves right where Satan started. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, I mean, do you think they're talking about, like, the literal heavens at this point? Like, like the, the where God dwells, heavens? Well, they're just in the sky. Yeah. But. Yeah, reach to the... Because is God in a... I mean, God is in a place of heaven, but can they actually physically get to that place by their own merit? By, or by their own, I shouldn't say merit, but their own work. Literally, work. Yeah. No. No, they cannot. Um.
4: But the... the the contrast between Noah being told exactly how to build the ark according to God's design and then being like, let's just build a tower and make it look a yeah. certain way. And then, um, you know, then the, the tabernacle, eventually, you know, we haven't got there yet, but the tabernacle having this very specific God's design, same thing with the temple. And yeah. They just have their own way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's that, it's that inward thinking again, like Adam and Eve covering themselves with the fig leaf. Uh, Cain coming to God a different way, trying to think he can come to God his own way. Man with the Tower of Babel thinking, we're going to go to God our way. like We're going like, to just see that the Bible is just a reoccurring story of this downward spiral of the same thing. The same thing. God says this way. People say no. I'm going to go this way. God punishes, judges, is merciful and gracious. And tries to provide restoration on a level for some, or you know what I mean? Um, I mean, these people are like Cain, the people of Noah's day as well, before the flood. They're following what their default sin nature, sin debt does for them, which is autopilot of pride and rebellion. Um, And to think how short after the flood this is, (laughs) like, there's probably... Not hardly been many people who even died since the flood. You know what I mean? Like these people were born coming out of the flood. Like it would be Noah's family that would have probably passed on what just happened. I'm sure they'd be like, oh, Grandpa Noah there told us, you know, that everyone was wicked and evil before. And well, we should probably listen because if that happened, imagine what would happen to us. But shortly after, they seem to forget. What, What other actions... I mean, they're scheming, they're plotting, they're 180 degrees against God. What do their actions reveal about their hearts? What are their hearts communicating to us in this story, in this history, as well as to God? Yeah, we know better than you, God. Look at us, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we defy you, the living God, the one who made us. We defy you. Yeah.
4: I think there's some sense of them getting God wrong too. You know, uh, after the flood, there was you know the rainbow, which you know show you know showing God's. Mercy, and there was then there was the protection of man uh, uh, from you know from murder. There there was this this graciousness there, and then to just cast him aside and think, well, we've got to build our way up or whatever. It's saying you know it's saying God isn't that he's uh, he's clearly forgotten about us or he's just not. He's, you know, his way isn't a good way, or whatever. Yeah. It's a doubt of his character, I
0: think. Yeah, and how much? How much do you think like deceitfulness and blindness was happening through that? Even, I mean, there could be deliberate that all of what you're yeah. saying, but and how much do you think is also they are deceived, they were blinded as well?
1: I also sometimes wonder like if the point. Of
0: Maybe, eh? That's an interesting thought I've never thought of. Yeah, if, if so again, are, not trusting God's word that every time they saw a yeah. rainbow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're already going against what God yeah. says, so to doubt won't do again. Yeah,
0: we don't think you're trustworthy, God, or faithful. Yeah. So just in case you can't be trustworthy, we're building a tower.
1: Yeah.
0: That's an interesting thought.
1: Yeah.
0: You know what? And, and they were sinful and proud and blind. I wouldn't doubt that. They were foolish. Yeah, I mean, all those things. Like, yeah, they inherited a sin nature. It revealed that they were deceived. It revealed they were proud. Um, You know, despite seeing probably on a regular basis a rainbow in the sky, that wasn't a reminder enough that God had a promise. Um, God meant what he said. Um, So yeah, again, you just see the blindness that happened. Like, you just see there would be so much for them to bank on that God is truthful, trustworthy, and reliable. And they were just, Rejecting, pushing against, deceived. Uh, it it brings me to this picture of of Satan. You know, God, you're not good. I don't need you. I'm gonna take your place. No one's gonna rule over me. We'll show them. We're gonna make a name for ourselves. We can provide our own security, our own uh, everything in this city. I can do it. I have the final say. I can ignore the one who made me. Uh, Brett said, defy, defy God. And that's a big one. And also they had this sense of, I am good. I'm good. Like, I'm just going to ignore, you know, if I don't see, don't think, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm going to live my life how I want. That's what Satan tried. Satan got no second chances. He got thrown down in disgrace. Lake of fire was prepared for him, his followers, and anyone who rejects God. Um, and this is where the people of, of Babel were standing, in the same prideful position. Um, So bringing this, you know, sometimes we think like, oh, those people out there, okay, bring it it home, bring it home. What ways can we be like these blind, sinful people at, at Babel? So we're, we're like them. You're, see, you're seeing the lesson to be learned. Go to God sooner. Is that what you're saying? Trusting our own abilities. Again, I think like a couple big things that those people of Babel really looked at was um, providing for themselves on multiple fronts, security and a name, and and providing glory for themselves. Do You guys see that happening to us today where we um, We think of, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. (laughs) Security, financial security, pardon? Comfort. Comfort, yeah. Security and comfort. <coughs>
1: I think a lot of it can be also the idea of hiding behind actions because the actions can be a good action with still having poor motives.
0: That's okay, kind
1: of yeah. The like, uh, with them, I'll say it's poor motives and a wrong action, going but I think um, in a way our motives can be impure and then we hide it.
0: Do You have an example in mind?
1: Um, I guess like an easy example would be someone um wanting to look good in front of people to go out and help someone in a public setting versus doing something that no see for the sake of helping. It's like you could go to help and like, oh, if I do this at this timing. So and so will see, or these people will see, and I might get recognized for it instead of their first and primary thought being, I want to help this person, and not even giving a second thought to who else will see.
0: Sure, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. So yeah, that's good. I was
3: going oh, to say, so that would go within wanting to make a name for yourself.
0: Yeah. yeah, 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 building yourself up. Yeah. Just even the idea that we're masters of our own destiny. Hmm. So <coughs> yeah. Masters of our own destiny. Totally, yeah. I, I, I mean, even as if you're Christ followers, then we can have this same same shortcomings or whatever in the sense of, yeah, maybe maybe we're following God, but um, God, I really am banking on my pension, or I'm really banking on this, you know, my ability to work, and you know, I've earned it. And I've even heard like, you know, as a missionary, we're faith supported. And people are like, oh, I don't know if I could, like, do, do that. And, like, oh, like, I just like to, like, know that I've worked and I've earned that money and it's mine. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, hey, we, let's back, let's back oh up God. the bus here a little, right? Like, okay, so let's, who made you? Who gave you your hands and your brain? Who gave you that opportunity, you know, to get higher there, or the connections or, you know, the aptitude, the ability to go to school, to be qualified, um, we can quickly, like, like the people of Babel, um, rely upon our own ability to provide and protect and bring a sense of security. And, and I think as Christians, we can really, God gives us that choice. He said, yeah, go for it. Provide for yourself. And you'll have a lot of problems. You'll have anxiety. You'll probably be depressed and stressed over thinking that you got, it's all on you. Well, let me provide for you. Lean on me. He's not saying be lazy. He's saying trust. Trust in the one who's faithful and good and loving. Yeah, yeah, the one who masquerades as is the angel of light. Yeah. How
3: long did it take? Did you say before the people are making it themselves?
0: Like yeah, it was maybe a hundred years only for before this event started to happen. Yeah
4: thing that's lacking in, you know, the whole story is that, well, God had blessed them with uh, skills, uh, ingenuity, um, you know, a lot of really positive things in order to build this crazy tower, but there's no thankfulness at all in it. There's Hmm. no, you know, acknowledgement that that stuff has
0: there you go. Like the person who thinks he's earning the paycheck on his own. No, exactly. Yeah. 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 Totally. I mean, yeah, their sinful attitude can be much like our attitudes today, if we're honest. And and we can see that that pride can deceive us, blind us, too. Similarly, in our thoughts, in our attitudes, actions. And... Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and in pride, people will continue to rebel, continue to rebel, and it's just it's just sin upon sin. <clears throat> okay, we'll we'll go into our next little section here. Um, God is all knowing; He's all seeing. There's there's nothing that is hidden from Him. We we've established this. So, as God is sovereign and He sees people's sinfulness, let's see how He kind of moves forward with them. Um, let's go verses, uh, let me see here. Verse 5, first of all, Genesis 11, verse 5. But
3: the Lord came down to look at the city, and the tower of the people were building.
0: Okay. The Lord came down. That's pretty clear. There's an easy answer on that one. What did the Lord do? He came down. Where was he? Where was he, Andrew?
4: I would say he was in heaven.
0: Isn't he everywhere present? (laughs) Yes. Okay, do you want to explain that to everyone?
4: Well, there's the idea that there's like a special presence of God, um, even though he's everywhere all at once, that there's yeah. a special dwelling of him in certain places at certain times.
0: Yeah, that, that's my understanding as well, actually. Like, he's never not present anywhere, but there um, is... But there's
4: a special... Uh, yeah. Vi- or I don't know if it's visible, but... Sometimes.
0: Well, you think of how he was with Adam and, and even Cain in his sinfulness. God exactly. approached him. Yeah. Uh, what that approaching... Yeah, it doesn't depict it. I mean, it's... The, in the Bible, it sounds like a two way conversation. We don't know what that was like. Um, I think it might have been to make a point. The tower was in the
3: top in the heavens, and yet God had to come
0: down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, i that's exactly. I think God is kind of humorous in this. He's like, ha-ha, you're building a. I'm going to come. That, that, that tower that's in the heavens, I got to come down to see it. And I'm actually in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Nice job you
1: know, down here.
0: Yeah, that's totally true. Thanks for bringing that up. I remember thinking that last year when I was teaching this and I was like, yeah, it's kind of a mockery. He's mocking them like, yeah, got to come down and check out your little nice attempt at, you know, reaching me. Um, why, why did he maybe have to go down to see? I mean, we, so he, he's present all the, where, all the time, but what is this show of, of God? What does this reveal of God? Maybe that'd be a better way to ask that question.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Totally. He's close at hand. He's not far off. A lot of people have this idea of set the world spinning and took a hike, so to speak. He's close at hand. He's involved. He's intentional, and he's relational, bringing himself to the people again. He is all knowing. He's all seeing. He knew what was going on at Babel. He didn't have to come close in the sense to understand what was happening. He's all knowing. He knew the minds. He knew the hearts of the people, just as he did, as uh, Becky was saying in in the day of Noah. He knew that their their all the thoughts of their hearts were evil intentions. Um, God's word declares in Proverbs 15.3, it says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on evil and the good. So this self-existing God, this eternal Yahweh, the one who who has no beginning, sees all and yet desires relationship still. Desires relationship still. Um, Let's read um, 6.7, where am I at here? Somebody want to read those next two verses? 11, 6, 7.
3: The Lord said, If they have begun to do this as one people, all having the same language, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down there and confuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech.
0: Who is God having a discussion with about the situation? Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> Himself. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah, the triune God the three-in-one. We get this, uh, this display of unity in that answer, or just stated again, kind of like in Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning God, just, it's stated, let us. So th- there's a unity among the triune God in agreement. What did, they, what did God observe about the people? Yeah, nothing is going to be impossible. They're one people together, one language, one mission, so to speak. And this is just the beginning, just the beginning of what they could do in their, in their sinful pride. And it says in the middle there that, that nothing, nothing they plan to do would be impossible for them. I, that, that astonishes me that God is, would say that. Right? No,
3: these verses always get me. What does that mean?
0: <laughs> Nothing would be impossible. Like, yeah, I can only imagine. I can only imagine what that would mean. Why is that an important and scary idea? Well, I'm just thinking
3: of some of the mob things that happen when people are together in evil. Yeah. And the destruction that can happen because of them. And that's only a few people who think this is a whole city. Like all, almost all the people that all existed. People. That's right. It's probably not talking about nothing. Nothing is impossible for the good. It's mm-hmm. talking about the other way around. Like, yeah. How
4: like, destruction. Right, yeah, on the negative the sense. Downward yeah. The downward spiral, like right. They never get into heaven, no matter how hard they try.
0: Yeah, that's a good uh, distinction. Thanks for making that. I think my thought was already there. So thanks for making that clear for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, their hearts were sinful, they were evil. They were ruled by Satan. And on that premise, nothing would be impossible. Scary. Yeah, I could see that thought, like, logic, like, you in the city, like, there's no more room for kids, you know, right? Spread out, we're like, ah, we've got a lot of land at work, and we've got whatever, there's lots of room, have more kids, and that was an aspect of that commandment, fill the earth, too. Yeah, that's, I think that's a good thought, Tony. So, in a sense, it was, you're still doubling up on the, they didn't only not scatter, they were likely not filling the earth at that point, either. Um, we just—I'm just trying to see here. We talked a bit about some of this already. Um, I'm just gonna skip that. Blah blah blah. So yeah, left in this case, like as God's talking about them being like nothing impossible for them, um, with already all that sin. Like, there's just going to be this ever-increasing amount of pride, selfishness, jealousy. I mean, I guess an illustration, all illustrations break down, but just in a a, a general sense. You think of a kid raised in in some level of a broken home, whether it's a a divorced home or abusive home or a violent substance abuse, lack of morality. What's the likelihood of that to continue in in his life, in that child's adulthood? Very likely. And what's the likelihood of it increasing in in uh, evilness, if you want to say? Likely. Would you agree?
3: Especially thinking about if the family had more than one child, then it's also increasing in number. Like, if it affected both kids, then it affects both of their yeah. futures and their families.
0: Yeah, and, and God is still sovereign, and God can rescue anybody out of any situation. But just the, the statistics, is, I guess, is what I'm kind of looking at here is often that gets worse. It magnifies. Um, and that's kind of what I think of or how I related a bit to their condition there of just this spiraling down. So God being all-knowing and all-seeing, he understands, again, like Becky said with Noah, he understands the degree of the terrible things that could happen. And amazingly, even though he knows every person in their sinful hearts, their minds, their emotions, their actions, he still he comes down. He's still choosing to be present in even a special way. He's still longing for a restored relationship. He hasn't been like, ah, forget it, forget it. I've given up. You know, he still comes down to the people who bear his image. How do we see today the destructive power when people join together who are intent on sin, evil or violence. Judy Judy already cracked into that a little bit. How do we see that kind of a repeat of that today? It's the, mob, the mob violence. The mob violence
2: or wars and how they destroy
0: Yeah, war. Mobs, wars, yeah. I can also say um, groups of
3: people who unite under certain ideologies that are not like, kind uh, of not safe or things. <laughs> <laughs> so um, different groups in the realm of the world who have different ideas about marriage.
0: Yeah, like a, a normalizing of sin, yes. or, yeah. yeah, like. Sin, yeah, just keep it, keep it. The
2: killing people?
0: Yeah, the drug cartels, exactly. I don't know how you spell drug cartels. Yeah. The Holocaust. Yeah. Totally.
4: Well, the same. They had a system of death that is like, you know, was structured. Yeah. It was like, I guess, ingenious or whatever. They were they were really good at killing
0: people. right? Yeah. A yeah. Yeah. It's it's atrocious. Abortion. Abortion yeah. Again, yeah, like this normalizing of sin, like abortion yeah. Pardon? Abortion is a very efficient system of the yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, promoting. But it goes against that whole be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Totally. Yeah. That's like like stuff like abortion, efficient killing, promoting of evil. Like when I talk about some of our tribal church plants where, where it's very, to us, apparent how the devil, how the enemy of God is oppressing a people group, to, in our own cultures it can become less apparent because we're in the water, so to speak. We're in the water that we're swimming in of our culture. But yeah, like, I mean, if you were to tell, if we were to, if we were to tell like some tribal people of like how many millions of babies have been killed through abortion, they would look at us like monsters. Because, oh, I just, didn't, I just didn't want that pregnancy or it was an accident or... Well, yeah? As Michelle just mentioned on, on Sunday that uh, Canada's going through this bill,
1: that I think it's closed now to public discussion, but they, they had this uh, open public discussion for a while of changing who's eligible for assisted suicide. Because originally it was for those that have Life-threatening diseases, or in a life-threatening state, or a state that is no longer functioning. But now they're changing that, possibly to include basically anybody
0: who would want. Yeah, I mean, this shouldn't surprise us. It's, it's Psalm one. It's a, it's a slippery slope. Any of this stuff that you begin on, yeah. you if you just keep moving the line, yeah. It's the whole thing when, when, when Adam and Eve here began reassessing good and evil for themselves. That's where it started. Humans took in and said, we're going to redefine what's good. We're going to redefine what's bad. And yeah, this whole euthanasia thing. Like, how do you stop that? I mean, yeah, all all this stuff. How do you stop it?
4: Everything on that list is called good.
0: Right. Yeah, we've Uh, redefined it. It's
4: like the ultimate good.
0: Yeah. The woman's in control of her body. The, uh, you know, people are able to live out their beliefs. These mobs and wars are... Dying with <laughs> dignity. Yeah, it's beautified.
2: And gay marriages.
0: Yeah, gay marriages, all this That's not stuff. Right.
4: That's not right. Even the Holocaust was, um, <clears throat> you know, racial purity. It was,
0: yeah, you know, exactly. It's, it's Satan masquerading as an angel yeah, of light, yeah. deceiving deceiving us. Mm-hmm. It happens everywhere.
3: And it always gets me that the people who promote these things, especially in our. In 2020, you know some of the main things that are happening right now. They truly believe it's good. Like you can see in their fervor for Oh, for sure, yeah. And it's just to me seeing that deception is like, how can you not see the evil that you're spewing, but you really believe that it's good, and it's just mind-boggling.
0: I wonder how long. And this isn't as big of a deal, but I wonder how long until like you get you get put in jail for shooting your dog that was old. You know, your, your old farm dog, he's old, take him out to the back four, you shoot him. I wonder how long it is before there's a fine for that. Is there? Maybe there is already. You know what I mean? But, but this whole reversal have, of, like, let, but then you put, people, put, no put that, to. yeah, exactly. <coughs> yeah. I mean, kids can go to high kids in high school or even younger, I think, you can go to your guidance counselor, a girl that's pregnant, she thinks she's pregnant, she can get taken to the hospital, an abortion can happen, she can go back to the school, go home, and her parents would know nothing of it. Anyways, we're kind of all on the same page. It's evil. God, is, God is, wants to expose these evils, and Satan doesn't want them exposed. Um, the people of Babylon or of, of the Tower of Babel area, they were deceived. They thought they could defy, defy God in their pride. They thought they could win. God's sovereignty doesn't change. God doesn't ride on plan B ever. But people's sinfulness will always test the waters, so to speak. Um, God, um, knowing all the potential that could happen, does he give them what they deserve? No. I don't think so, yeah. What, did, what do you think they deserve? Pure God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Annihilation. Abolishing, yeah. Yeah, God is still holy, he's still just, so what's going on here? They're deserving fully of his punishment to be destroyed, lake of fire. They're asking for it, they're begging for it in a sense. Is that what God wants? Does he want to does he take does he take pleasure in in the destruction of the wicked? Remember the rainbow? In Genesis eight 21, we've talked about it a couple times tonight. God promised not to destroy all of humanity in one fell swoop by a flood again. So let's, let's learn what his plan is, what his sovereign plan is. <clears throat> uh, that's not the verse I want. Let's read this together. Come, let us go down and confuse their language, so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it is called Babel, for the confuse the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. All right, what is God planning to do? Scatter. Yeah.
2: Confused language. Scatter. Confuse
0: language. Scattered. Scatter the people. And why? Let's think back a little bit. Why? to
2: fill the earth. Yeah. And then I think also it is an act of mercy because now not everyone is able to communicate that the possibilities of how great wickedness can grow might slow
0: down. Yeah, I think you're nailing hitting the nail on the head, Brett. He was unfolding his plans to fill the earth, which he already wanted to be done. Um Totally. Mercy and grace, like curtailing their evil deeds and wickedness. Um, Because if if earlier he's saying together, nothing's impossible, well, maybe if I can separate them, not if, as I separate them, this will, as you say, slow down. He was demonstrating his sovereignty. He didn't need to ask anybody, but in unity among himself in the Trinity, he was doing this. He was going to scatter them, confuse their languages, or their language into many languages. And he was still going to accomplish his purposes. When can we defy God and and win? We can't. Never. Also, consider how, how, what happened here, confusing the languages and scattering over the earth. Just, let's discuss this. How How does this glorify God today? Or how has it over the years glorified God, both then been. and today? Hasn't. hasn't we hear? Well, there's one answer. Hasn't. How come not? Because
2: of all the evil.
0: But I'm talking. So God confused their language and scattered them. How does that? How does that glorify Him today? So He, he was dispersing in a sense, or diminishing the evil, if you want to say it that way.
2: It doesn't glorify God.
3: Gathered church from all the tongues would glorify God, right? Um, making one people from people from all over the world who speak all the
0: different languages—it's so a God-glorifying thing. How many of you guys read a newsletter from a missionary somewhere who's doing some kind of translation work? Anybody? Have you heard their pleas, their prayer requests? Have you prayed for them? How have those people people had to lean on God to see that task accomplished? Creating creating an orthography, an alphabet, doing discourse analysis and scratching their heads. I think of my father-in-law and mother-in-law who, I mean, to me this is like the upper echelon of this type of work where they went into a monolingual tribe. Like a lot of tribes we go to, they're like bilingual. So like they might speak a national language, but then they have their mother tongue. So you can often kind of enter in on the, mother, on the national language and then learn the mother tongue. But think of, think of the sweat and tears and prayers that poured out for every translator around our world with, with Wycliffe or SAL or, or Ethnos or many other organizations. Think of the people that came to Canada to learn the indigenous languages here. Think of how that would... I just just think that must magnify God. Like, the effort, the prayers, the time spent on knees. God, help me figure this language out to communicate your truth. And how people would just comb over his word in order to do that. I I think that's like... Gives me the shivers. How many languages are there in the world today? And how
3: many
0: are still left unreached? Yeah, I think it's about 6,500 total. And I think it's about 2,500 that are still considered without a lick of the word in their language and those are the hardest ones left because we always reach for the low-hanging fruit first you know the coast the coastal areas the warm areas um, the government the, the places where the government will more easily let you in it's it's the interior the politically hot places and hostile places that are that last 2500 think South Sudan think Think, you know, Kuwait. Think Yemen. Think all the stands. (laughs) You know, like, uh, think interior Indonesia, which is like the biggest Muslim place in the world. Think Iran, Iraq. Who's going to go? Who's going to glorify God in these places? I know, like, Francis Chan right now, he said, I'm leaving because there's a lot of people here trying to polish up their lures in North America, just to get somebody to bite, there's a lot of lures in the same pond. If I'm going to where nobody's fishing. Who's going to go? Is it like one of you guys? One of your kids? As God confused language and scattered people, and we've touched on how this was a mercy, but it, it was a punishment. It was a judgment as well. It was a, there was a consequence for not obeying God. How do you guys see that? That the confusing of the languages as a punishment or consequence as well. What would that experience be like for you if you were there?
3: Well, being in another country where they speak another language. Lots of places now speak English, so we are sort of privileged in that regard. But if I didn't know, if they didn't speak English, and you're there, like it's very difficult to communicate and to do anything. To figure out where you're going, or to get food, or how to pay for food, or whatever, all that sort of things, it's really hard. When you can't communicate yeah I mean there's ways of trying to communicate, but what a very, very basic level, not anything complex so just the, the scattering the confusion of the language would be it's scary you know like, yeah, like I think you're right
0: <coughs> intimidating, scary, confusing yeah, yeah. I mean they're, they're also not getting what they wanted. they wanted one thing, and God's like, no way um yeah, we see God's grace and mercy. We keep touching on that. Like it, it was for their good that God spread them out, right? It was, it was, he gave them a chance in a sense of more time. He didn't abolish them. He spread them around the world, confused their languages so that hopefully they would come to know him yet. Merciful, they didn't get what they deserved. Ultimately though, through all this, God accomplished his original purpose, his original plan to fill the earth. Humanity tries to defy God. Then and today, but he's, he's sovereign. He's still the ultimate owner, ultimate ruler. His purposes will happen. They'll be accomplished then and now. An interesting thing that we shouldn't forget to note is by not destroying the people, the line of, of the deliverer continues on, which is extremely important, of course, for all of humanity. Um, I kind of snuck this in earlier, but was this plan, like, they didn't listen to God? So was Him coming down and, and scattering them plan B, God's second plan? Did the Trinity regroup and.
1: God has no plan
0: <laughs> B. Yeah, there is never a plan B. How could you be all knowing and not see every like move in the chess game, so to speak? Yeah, that line goes the whole way. Yes. From Eve, from that promise in Genesis 3. And
1: even before.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, Ephesians 1 says that.
2: In place for when man chose.
0: Yeah, nothing is unknown to God, nothing is unseen. Uh, um, this, this picture here, yeah, if you can kind of make out all that black with a bit of shiny metal in there. It's a band or uh, an orchestra. And uh, I kind of, I get this, I always get this sense that God being sovereign as an as all-knowing, all-seeing overseer in control, he's one who knows every sheet of music. He knows the music being played. He knows that it'll harmonize. This is how I imagine God to work over the years through sinful mankind, through the righteous, through the unrighteous. And his word, again and again, teaches us this to be true. He's conducting, he's orchestrating all of humanity, the universe, the stars, everything, to accomplish his divine plans and purposes. And, I, and, and there's nothing that can thwart him. I just love that image of a conductor or orchestrator. Before we finish this point, there's another important application of what happened in Genesis 11.9. This is why it's called because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face. So we've been talking a lot about languages. How many languages are here in the room tonight? Maybe this is a little more of a. a lot. Or
2: two. You know two. English? Right on. Or maybe Spanish or
0: something. Okay, I learned Pidgin. She learned Spanish. You guys maybe have some low German in your background. You German. I know a bit of German? <laughs> a bit of German. <laughs> OK, you guys are a bit bland, I'll admit. <laughs> but let's, maybe maybe your grandparents or his parents had a little more up their sleeve. Um, but yeah, as we've talked of like all the languages in the world, there, there's many linguists who believe that there was a one original single language, that there's not, this, there's not necessarily undeniable proof of this, but they can see that th- they can see these, these patterns that give them evidence of it. Like we're not talking just Christian linguists here which seems to just reinforce what the Bible says. The Bible's true regardless of what linguists discover, but it's just neat to hear that, that the root of all the languages we can know uh, from our Christian worldview originated here. That's the Tower of Babel.
3: Last week when you were talking about the flood, did you bring up the fact that all different uh, cultures have somewhere in their,
2: in their history about a flood?
0: I didn't, but yeah, yeah you bring up an interesting point. I've heard that. Yeah. And it, and it seems to be, with the different missionaries I've run into through Ethnos as well, that there's often, yeah, this, this there was a destruction, there was something, an event, and there was a catastrophic, and that, yeah, it's interesting that you can find that in these isolated pockets of people group who wouldn't have had an opportunity to share that story. Yes. yeah That's, yeah, pretty awesome to, know, to hear that.
3: So, if that's the case and that's come down, then that flood, and when they were scattered, they took the, that story with them, come through the
2: generations.
0: Yeah, the I would imagine so. Whoa. Yeah, it's, it's goosebump raising, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, the next question, I think you guys have another question there. We've pretty much answered that. Okay. As we hear different languages spoken of, what can this remind us of? No one can defy God and win. God purposed to fill the earth, He was going to see it happen in His sovereignty. God created the variety of languages. And we can appreciate the diversity that that we have today because it was God-given, and it's God-glorifying. As we look again, bringing this down to ourselves here, man's sinfulness, God's sovereignty, are there times that we question and push against God's sovereignty in our lives? Of course there is. You don't even have to answer that for me because I know that all of us do and struggle with that. And why? It boils down to being blinded in pride that we just, in essence, we doubt God's management of our life. If God leads us somewhere where we're totally unproductive, was that wrong of God? No. He's the ultimate owner of all life. He makes us. It's his choice and his sovereign will. Um... (coughs) What are, what are things, kind of our last contrast question tonight, what are things people do or think that shows they doubt God's management, their, God's care, provision, goodness of their life, or like their whole life, family, circumstances? Could build towers to heaven. Build towers, yeah, and what are those towers? I wasn't speaking metaphorically, I was speaking... I, okay, actual. <laughs> yeah, that happened.
3: Yeah. Still want glory for themselves by building the tallest building. The highest building.
2: Totally. Right. Which is so funny because it's exactly the same. Like it's twin towers or something. Yeah, <laughs> totally. totally. Twin towers, I think the is, is on on the tallest building. In Europe, they got big building. Well,
0: tolls. it's everything. It's bridges, it's churches, it's, I mean, I always kind of chuckle my head because whenever I think, teach this lesson, I always think of like across Canada how there's like, you know, like where's where's the biggest Canada goose? Come on, people! Don't don't disappoint me here. Everyone knows where the big I Canada don't, Goose is. I
4: don't
0: know that Canada no. stuff. W- <laughs> Wawa, Wawa, Ontario, right? The big, the world's biggest Canada Goose, or like, world's where's world's largest wind vane? World's largest wind vane. Where is that? All right. yeah, that I, I got to speak to the culture here. What about what about where's the world's biggest sausage in Canada? Anybody know that one? No. That's Mundare, Alberta, or the biggest Ukrainian Easter egg. Yeah.
4: Vegreville. Vegreville. See. <laughs>
0: So people have an interest in putting themselves on the map. They have a big moose and moose jaw. Should be a mandible. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, people people do that to make a name for themselves. And then, but what are what are what are maybe what are playouts of, of some things that where people doubt God's management of their life? So stepping away from what we were just talking about, but. Worry, yeah.
2: Or doubting your salvation or something like that. Yeah. I used to do that, but I don't know more. I don't doubt no more about my salvation. I know I'm secure in Christ.
0: Awesome doubt, yeah. So doubt if you're if you're doubting God's management of your life.
2: Um, like completely planning out their life, career, goals, everything,
0: hmm.
2: and trying to stick to
0: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the stress, the anxiety.
1: That aren't going our way, how we're going to remedy them or stressing out to try to figure out in our own wisdom how to fix it and make it work when you just kind of step back sometimes and say, you know what, that's, that's not actually my problem. Or, nor is it in my ability to
0: do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah, you can be like a control freak, really.
1: Simply what we were talking about this made uh, medical assistant
3: in diet that they have their own choice and their own right to be able to choose.
1: They
0: want to die. Hmm. Yeah, yeah taking, taking it into your own hands. Totally. Yeah, I mean, it just, it's really just, again, going back to the age-old problem, putting confidence in your own thinking. And, and it doesn't play out well for any of us. No, none of us are immune to the anxieties and the depression that come with it. Um, it'll all lead... To a dark place.
2: (laughs) On a different note, I wonder if God laughed at the situation. And the reason why, because it reminds me a little bit of Psalm 2. Why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break off their chains, they cry. Free yourselves from slavery to God. But the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Hmm. Yeah. I think
0: you're right. Yeah. Exactly. Totally. So I think. I think for like reviewing our contrast points, there's not like the ones tonight aren't necessarily um, a truth and a lie in the same sense that our other evenings have been. Um, we're just identifying ways that we can be blind like these people and just and, and laying your finger on it and say, you know, I need to turn away from that. I need to come God's way. I need to rely on God's management in my life. I need to trust his faithfulness, his purpose for my life. Um, I mean, it's evident that, that when people get together it, with a, with an agenda, that a lot of destructive power can go at play. Whether it's these uh, made, uh, you know, in euthanasia or abortion or just brutality of, of gang rape and things like this. Um, and do we know? And we know, we know it's not good to rely on your own thinking. We know that it's not. Um, god glorifying to take the management of your life in your own hands when it's god's to manage entirely because he made it it's like it's like i talked a while ago there of you know if you made a dugout canoe or something it's like you don't need to ask yourself to borrow it or take it anybody else does well god made us so he doesn't need to consult with us of how he leads and guides us we know we already know that his character traits are you know he is supreme, he's good, he's loving, he's gracious, so we can surrender to him, and that is not a negative thing to surrender to the living God. Um, so in summary, in conclusion, God, God will accomplish all he sets out to do, whether we choose to obey or disobey. That's, really, that's, that's all that's really before us here. God will do it. Will you join him or will you go against it? His plans will prevail. Will you buck this system? Or will you be with God? So in this lesson we saw where people didn't trust in him. They had their own plans for a tower. They didn't want to go out. They wanted to make a name for themselves. They wanted to provide their own security, their own provision. And we struggle with a lot of the same things. We want to be praised. We want to make a name for ourselves. We want to be secure, whether it's in a city or financially or whatever, in a family um, And we think that, under our own efforts, we can get what we want, trying to go against God in his ways. We love praise. We like to make a name for ourselves. Um, But there's always a choice to be made. We can follow God in humility, faith, and repentance, submitting to his way, which is not. Submitting has become such a dirty word. I was just talking about this yesterday with somebody. We can think that to submit is negative or dirty but it's good when it's to a good God. So we can do that. We can submit to God, or we can suffer the consequences as a lot of the people that we're learning about have suffered consequences. The people of Noah's time in the destruction of the flood, the people of the Tower of Babel who were dispersed, and they received God's just punishment as a result. Or will we follow in the faithful steps of these guys here who have the straw covering their sin debt, you know, Abel, Seth, Enoch, Noah. That's what stays before us. And as we talk about this with other people, as we lay foundational truths, that you just bring them back to that. Which, which path are you going to go down? I don't believe God just enjoys punishing. I believe he seeks to restore. I think that's why he came down. Time and again, he came down with Cain. If you do what is right, he asked him, like giving him another chance But we must come his way, and his way is by by faith. And we saw that with Abel, right? He came to God by faith, which included that humility, repentance, and faith. Um, And then, as you submit to him, he brings everything. He brings it all. He does it all. He does all the work, God. We just simply come empty-handed with a dead life. (laughs) That's what we give him. And he agrees to partner with us, but he's doing it all. And his sovereign will prevails. So God is sovereign, and man is sinful. <laughs> That's the lesson for tonight. Any questions you guys want to chat about?
2: I've got a prayer question. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been depressed for a long time. Uh, I'm in depression, and I've taken uh, two pills, and I'm on two medications.